Good morning. Welcome to Mission View Church. My name is Matt. If this is your first time here, we're so glad you joined us for worship this morning. Man, what a great morning. It's great to see all those faces out there. It's 17 degrees outside. Welcome to Ohio. It is winter time. Yeah, I'll get some claps. 17 degrees. Yeah! Bring on the snow! Woo! Well, you know what, you know what snow means, right? That just means Christmas time. And for us, that's celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Man, that's one of the reasons I love snow, because it reminds me that it's Christmas time that we can celebrate the birth of Christ. But also I love the snow, too, because it, that, what is it, the hymn that talks about his blood washes us white as snow? I just love the picture that that creates. You know, driving here this morning, seeing the snow, I'm just like, ah, praise God that, that Jesus has done that for us. Amen? Well, um, you, if you're here for the first time, I'm just going to warn you a little bit. This is the State of the Church Address. We're going to be looking at the, this past year and what God has been doing through Mission View Church. This is not normally what we do, uh, but we do this once a year just so we can wrap our minds around what God's doing. And this is give us ideas to pray for in the next year. And then we're going to talk about what we're going to be doing the next year, too, as well. We are going to jump into God's Word in, in just a minute, too, but... Um, you, as you came in, you should have received a little a booklet that looks like this. If you do not have one of these, would you raise your hand right now? We have some ushers that are going to come around and give these to you right now. We're going to work our way through this here just a little bit to start off. I want to thank the uh, staff for putting this together. This was a ton of work, and it looks really good. They did a great job with this. So thank you so much, staff, for doing that. All right, so this is 2022, a year in review. And I just want to tell you um, how thankful I am to be your pastor, uh, to be um, a part of a church that is missional, that is looking outside the four walls of this building to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news about Jesus, to go outside into our community and show the love of God in practical and tangible ways, to leave um, the states and go to Guatemala and share the good news to plant churches, not just here stateside, but in Guatemala and surrounding countries everywhere is just an amazing thing. And I'm just so thankful that God has called me here to be your pastor. This year in review is amazing. As we started putting together the information, um, I was just blown away by what God has done through Mission View Church this year. Really, really excited. As you jump in here, there's a little note from me on the first page, but then you get a picture of our leadership on the second page, a part of our leadership anyways. This is the elder team. Uh, many of you may not know all these guys on here, but Randy Smith, and we'll go left, right. Randy Smith, that's me there next. Uh, then Josh Chandler, who was up and did prayer, Pat Culpepper, Bill Gold, Todd LePage, and Jason Quarter are elders here. And if you wonder uh, what elders are or anything like that, we would love to talk to you about that. We are an elder-led church. Uh, the Bible talks about elders in the New Testament as the church was planted. In Acts, it says they sent out leaders, overseers, pastors, elders to lead the churches in the different uh, places that they were being planted. So we are an elder-led church. We think that's biblical. We try and follow the Bible as best we can. If you turn to the next page, it talks about our mission, our vision, and our purpose. Our mission, our vision, and our purpose. Our purpose is to love God and love others. And we get our purpose straight out of Scripture. In Matthew 22, 36 through 40, Jesus says this, Teacher, which is the great, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus responds, and he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. This is one of the most shocking statements that Jesus makes in all of the New Testament. Up until this time, the Jewish people, God's people, had lived their lives according to the law. I mean, everything they did, every, every their, their purpose in every day from morning to night was based around this law that God had given to his people because this law was a covenant, a promise that God had made. And, and the law was meant to protect them and keep them and set them apart from every other people group in the world. 
And here Jesus says, hey, I can sum up the entire law and, by the way, all the prophets, which is our Old Testament today. He says, I can sum that up in two things. Two things. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. That's the first thing. And the second thing is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is where we find our purpose as Christians. It's not just as mission viewers or anything else, but this goes out to every Christian that's given their life to Jesus Christ. It is really just the simple thing of loving God and loving others. It is that easy. It is that simple. And and God put it in that order on purpose because we can only love others rightly. We can only truly love others well if we first love God. If we first obey him, it's, it's through our relationship with God and, and through what Jesus did on the cross. It's that relationship with God that fuels and motivates and inspires us to love other people well. Because let's just be honest, we're not all lovable all the time, are we? Right? I mean, there, there are times in our lives where it takes a miracle, the supernatural power of God, that I would love the people around me. That's why he says, love God. And then out of that love, out of the grace and mercy in God that we find in Jesus Christ, at the cross, at the resurrection, in Christ, the love that he's poured out on us, then go and love others. So our purpose here at Mission View Church, simply stated, is to love God and love others. Our mission, what's our mission here at Mission View? It's to make disciples. Simply said, it's to make disciples. And we get this from God's word as well. In Matthew 28, 16 through 20, says this, the, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is our mission. And it is a co-mission that Jesus has given us. And we don't go alone. That's why it's a co-mission. We are in mission and on mission with God through the power of the Spirit who lives in the heart and in the life of every believer. And we go out here from this place empowered by His Spirit to share the gospel, to share the good news, and to show the love of God to everyone that we can, everyone who will listen. And making disciples is so, there's so much to that. That teaching and the training and the the love that we pour out on people, this is, is what God has called us to. This is our mission. It's so awesome. This is after Jesus is resurrected from the dead. All power and authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, since Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father right now, resurrected, and he's praying and interceding for you and me, because of that power, because of that supernatural work, go out. Share the love of God with everyone that you meet. The great commission that God has sent us out to. And I cannot help but think of where I was before I met Jesus. Lost and dead in my sin. Selfish. I was only thinking of myself. I didn't know up from down, right from left. And God in His mercy and love came to a broken, sinful person like me and opened my eyes and showed me, showed me who he was and the love that he had for me, a love that compelled him to send his son to die in my place. The sins that I had grown up into and just grabbed onto and ran with and and was an enemy of God, shaking my fist at the heavens and, and blaming everything on him when I was choosing sin. When I had no power to choose righteousness. When I was his enemy, shaking my fist at his face, he came and met me there. That's the glory and the goodness of God. That is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. That 
lowly, wicked men like me can confess and repent and find forgiveness at the foot of the cross because Jesus died the death I deserve. And he conquered death and sin for me when he rose from the grave. And he calls me into this mission with him to share that miraculous, transforming work of the gospel. That is our mission, Mission View Church. That we're going to leave this place every Sunday and with every co-worker, family member, neighbor, and stranger we meet on the street that will listen, we share the love of God with them. And it may be as simple as buying their lunch through a, a drive through line. Or it may be as in-depth as talking to that Hindu co-worker about the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing the difference in our religions. That's our mission. And our vision, our vision is to reach the 200,000. And this, this idea, this, this 200,000, when... When God had called my wife and I and our family here to North Canton, Ohio, um, I got online and I started researching Stark County. I wanted to know what kind of place I was bringing my family to. I wanted to know what kind of harvest or field work was here. And as I found a, a, a spiritual study that was done on Stark County and the surrounding municipalities... And of the 800 or so thousand people that live in Stark County and the surrounding areas, only 200, there was 200,000 people of 800,000 that, that chose no religious affiliation whatsoever. 200,000 people right here in our backyard, in our county and surrounding municipalities that claim no religious affiliation whatsoever. And I was, I was excited and inspired to be able to come here and share the love of God and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And we have been called to reach the 200,000. I got that number out of that spiritual survey that was done in 2012 or 2013. And that 200,000 has become more than a number. It's become an idea that this is what we are about. We are a missional people. We will reach 200,000, but what's next? There will be another 200,000 and another 200,000. And we are called to be a missional people. We are a people so changed and affected by the gospel that we are compelled to share the love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ with everyone who will listen. And that is why the next step in reaching the 200,000 for us, we had to make a big decision. But being a missional people, knowing what our mission is, knowing what the vision God has set before us is, knowing what our purpose is, made this decision to be a little easier. Uh, we are going to be going to two services on Sunday mornings. And here's the reason why. Well, you probably know why. Just look around the room a little bit and look at the parking lots. Um, for the last, praise the Lord, right? Yeah. Now, for the last five to six weeks or so, we've had 50 ca 54 cars parking off-site, walking from Price Park or across the street. And, um, and sometimes when you get here, 5, 10 after the service, you come to the auditorium, it's a little difficult to find a seat. We have, on average, 150 children up in our children's ministry. That's probably about 160 today. Um, and we are, we are about 95, 90% full in children's ministry. We are 90 to 95% full in our parking. And we are 80% full in this room right here. And we want to reach the lost. We want to make room for those people that aren't here yet. They haven't met Jesus. Their lives haven't been changed like ours have been changed. There are people like I just talked about, neighbors, coworkers, family members, strangers that we walk by, that we talk to on a daily basis sometimes, or that God brings into our life miraculously that need to hear the gospel and, and become a part of the family of God. And we want to make room for those people. So as we looked at our mission, we looked at our vision, we looked at our purpose, that's an easy decision to make. We're going to make room for new people. We're going to share the gospel. So our, our new service times are going to be 9 a.m. and 1045. So we're really excited about that. And that's going to be starting on December 4th. December 4th. We thought it was really important that we do that before the snow flies too much. As people are parking off site, my, my nightmare 
is to see Jim and Rosemary walking from Price Park with their walkers and trying to make it through six inches of snow from Price Park. We're trying to avoid that. So Jim and Rosemary are here this morning. I'm so thankful they are here. But, um, but yeah, we want to uh, make room for people and have space for them. So we're really excited about that. And here's one of the one of the reasons I'm really excited about that. It was last year, I think, uh, the elders announced that uh, the next step in our vision of moving forward, or part of our next step is we're praying towards, is that we want to plant a church here stateside. I know we've, we're doing that in Guatemala, but we want to plant a church uh, here out of Mission View Church. We are a church plant from Maranatha Bible, Ch- Bible Church in Springfield, and we want to be a church that plants churches. We believe that planting churches is exponential growth. As we are you know, supporting missionaries all over the world, and, and we have room to bring people into our facility, as we plant another church, that's just going to double any impact that Mission View has. So our goal and our vision is to look at the next three years and planting that church And adding this service is the first step to that church plant. So that's one of the reasons we're really excited to add this second service as well. So really excited. So that's our mission, vision, and purpose. Serve is that next phase. We believe that God calls us to give of our time, talents, and treasures. And this gives us opportunity to exercise our faith, bless our community, be more like Jesus. Okay, here's the interesting stuff here too in generosity. Updating here in 2022, we believe God works in powerful ways through our giving and faith with joyful hearts. God can do far beyond all we ask and imagine with the resources we, with which he's blessed us. So you can see our total general and missions offerings were $626,299 and total base camp offerings of $193,000. Yes. And now, just to fill you in on base camp, right? Everybody's, there's probably quite a few people out here that are going, base camp, what is base camp? Well, uh, we used to meet at Hoover High School. Does anybody remember that? Anybody? There's some people here that don't know. They, in there. I thought you've always been here. No, we actually met for nine years at Hoover High School in the Hoover Hall. And we'd set up every weekend. And, and for a long time, we prayed about a, a building where God would have us move to. And we found this dilapidated, horrible-looking building uh, that used to be a racquetball court building here. And I don't know if you remember what this building looked like, but it was a little rough around the edges, just slightly. But uh, God opened up the door for us to, to, to move here. And I remember making that decision with the elders and praying through that, just asking God to lead and direct us. And we're like, I think this is where God is leading us. And we prayed about this. And and we planned that first weekend to, to take up an offering to raise $30,000 to get that down payment to, to buy this building. And we were just, oh, Lord, we're praying for that $30,000. We raised $300,000 and paid for the building in one Sunday. God thing, right? Only So any, any, cons- any worries I had, are we really doing what God's calling us to do? God's like, yes, go. He's like, yes, go. Then COVID hit, you know, and we're like, not meeting. The church wasn't meeting and everybody was locked in their homes. And, and they were like, oh no, what are we going to do? And we prayed again, God, what would you have us do? And God says, hey, where I lead, I provide. That's what God said to us through Pastor Butch Persley. And so we pressed on and we did the renovation for this building. And we took out a loan to pay for the renovations of this building. And Base Camp is the campaign that we've been working through the last three years to pay off the renovations of this facility that we now meet in every Sunday. And it's been phenomenal, obviously, with all the gross growth that God has provided. But I wanted just to thank all of you who have faithfully and sacrificially given over the last three years. I just want to thank you from the elders and the staff of the church. Thank you so much for sacrificially giving towards what God has called us to. And the fruit of that investment is changed lives, saved marriages, transformed people. And we see it every week. And I can share with you that the gospel is being shared and those things are happening. Life-changing things are happening. So thank you so much for sacrificially giving. But we still have a renovation to pay off to. It's not paid off all the way. So if 
what we want to do today is ask those of you who have been giving to base camp over the last three years to prayerfully consider continuing your giving towards base camp. Just so we're not going to ask for a three-year commitment, but we are going to ask for a one-year commitment. But to take the time through now and the end of the year to pray about continuing giving towards, towards base camp. The other thing I want to do is ask those of you who are new, maybe Mission View's your new church home and you've just started coming, would you prayerfully consider about joining us um, and joining in giving towards base camp, this, this building and this renovation that we've had? We were just so thankful for what God has done and we want to invite and open the doors for you to participate in that as well. But that's kind of the generosity piece. I forgot the numbers I had Todd give to me um, for the, is Todd in here? There you are, Todd. Do you remember those off the top of your head? They're sitting on my desk. Towards base camp? Yes. What was the base camp giving? Uh, 500000 Yeah, 570000 over three years. 570000 over three years. Amen? Yeah. And, and about $110,000 on top of that, that was not um, pledged. $110,000 was given above and beyond that which was pledged. And we believe that we're going, all of the pledges uh, was, I think it was around $600,000 for everything. And we believe that we are going to, everyone's going to meet that, the pledge. We'll be over what was pledged. I've been in church work for 25 years and I've done quite a few campaigns. I've never been a part of a campaign where 100% of what is, is um, pledged comes in. I've never been a part of that. We're going to be, we're going to do a campaign where more than what's pledged comes in. That is miraculous. I know you're sitting out there going, that makes sense. That's what people do. No, I've 25 years and probably eight campaigns I've been a part of. 80% is what you shoot for. Seriously, 80%. We're going to be at like 110% or 120%. So phenomenal thing that God is doing. We're so thankful for that. Yes, praise the Lord. So you turn to the next page. This is where it gets really exciting. Our last Easter service was 664 people here at church, which was is phenomenal. I think we were averaging like 230 people the year before that. So to have 664 at service or 330, um, to have 660 is amazing. We did, we've had 47 new members join the church this year. Uh, we've baptized 18 people and we've seen 16 babies dedicated, 268 first time guests, and we've delivered 123 gift bags, gift bags that we hand, we give out, we home deliver to people who visited the church and sign our Connect card. That's what we've done over the last year. So thankful for what God's doing there. We have on the next page missions, 12 global ministry partners, four local ministry partners, and we've given $56,690 to missions. $56,690 to missions. And I, here I want, there's a little, I, I put a little star beside this. Uh, the elders are going to be getting together and praying about how we can increase this number. We believe that God has called us to be a missional church. And we as elders invite you and challenge you to be sacrificial givers. And we as a church leadership team want to sacrificially give. And one of the ways we do that outside of our church body is through our missions partners. And we want our missions numbers to be extravagant and sacrificial. So as God has been blessing us and growing us financially, numerically, spiritually, we want to grow sacrificially and giving to our missionary partners. And we want to see this number grow exponentially as well. So be praying for the elders and the missions team as we pray about what this number looks like in the coming years, because it's going to be sacrificial because we want to see God's work everywhere. Amen. All right. The next thing is community groups, community groups. If you've been at Mission View Church for any amount of time, you've probably heard about community groups. It's a way that we grow larger as a church, but smaller as a church at the same time. We believe God has called us as his people to do life together, that there's no lone rangers in Christianity. And even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. But he's called each of us to these things called the one another's. 
It's something that's unavoidable as we read through scriptures, love one another, confess your sin to one another, encourage one another, and one another's on and on and on and on. It's this idea in scripture that we are meant to do life with one another. And community groups meet throughout the week in people's homes where we share a meal, we share in prayer, and we share in the scriptures together. And this is meant to build relationships so that when you go through something really difficult, life isn't all rainbows and unicorns. Sometimes it's tornadoes and pterodactyls, and we know that. So when you're going through the tornadoes and pterodactyls, you're not out on an island all by yourself. You have a community group leader that's been trained and prepared to walk with you through difficult times. You have your entire community group of people to come up alongside you in prayer to meet you at the hospital for the hard things. And the pastors come alongside in that as well. But community groups are a part of the DNA of who we are, growing together in Christ. That's why we're really excited that we're going to be adding a group or two in January. So if you're here and you're not a part of a community group and you would like to be, we're going to be adding some open groups for you to join as well. So we have 216 participants in 21 to 22, but this year we are at 258 participants in our community groups. We have 21 groups this year, up from 17 in the years past. So we're really thankful for that. The next thing that you can look at, dwell ministry and reflect ministry. Dwell is our prayer ministry, our Mission View Church. Uh, We get together and uh, pray um, and have worship and testimony once a month. And that is on what Monday night of the month, Amy? Jeremy? Second Monday nights of every month we gather in here for prayer, worship, and testimony. It's a powerful time. I'd encourage you to come to that. It's it's an amazing time to spend with the Lord in prayer. But we don't, we don't want to be just a church that prays. We, we, wanna, we want prayer to be who we are. God says that his house will be a house of prayer. We want, just like community groups are part of the DNA of Mission View Church, we want prayer to be a part of the DNA of Mission View Church. So we, we have really put our minds to this and our hearts to this and our time to this. So we'd invite you to come the second Monday nights at 6.30. Yes, great. 6.30. I'm great with times and dates, as you can tell. No, but come on those second Monday nights. Next is our Reflect Ministry Outreach, right? Missional, Mission View Church. Reflect is our outreach ministry. I'm extremely excited to share with you that thousands of lives have been touched over this past year by Reflect Ministry. I went to the Ministerial Association, North Canton Ministerial Association meeting, and I walked in, and I, I don't know any, any of these pastors, you know, of the denominational churches and the Catholic churches and all these other churches that are part of this ministerial association. I walk in, and everybody knew me. And I'm like, what is going on here? You know, great to meet you, rector of such and such Orthodox church and priest of such and such. And they're just like, hey, Matt, from Mission View. And I'm like, yes. Is this good or is this bad? Your church does this. Your church does this. Your church serves here. Your church serves here. You gave us food. You gave this, this. You helped the family at the high school. You did this. You did this. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We've always said that we don't want to be just a a church in North Canton. We want to be a church that's a part of North Canton community. Showing God's love in practical, tangible ways helping those in need. And so when the, the leadership of the North Canton schools that was present at the ministerial association got up in front of the entire ministerial association and said, here's the needs that we have. Matt, how should we go about this? What? <laughs> Unbelievable. God is, is do, God is being faithful. These, we're not, I'm not standing up here patting us on the back. I am standing up here telling you God is at work. God is doing something that goes far beyond this and things on a page. As exciting as this is and as inspiring as this is, it is so much greater and so much bigger because the Holy Spirit and the power of God is doing something in North Canton through Mission View Church. Praise the Lord. There's nothing, nothing like it. I just stand in awe 
of what God is doing. There's, we have so much to be thankful for. And like I said in the beginning, I'm so thankful to be your pastor. What a great church to be a part of. I am so thankful that God has called me here. Mission View Kids on the next page. Who loves our children's ministry here? I just love it. Oh, you know what? Here's what the most exciting thing to me is. We have all those littles, 150 littles up there right now. And you know what they're hearing? They're hearing that God loves them so much that he sent his only son to die for them. That's how much God loves them. They hear the gospel every week. We don't do child care. We do children's ministry, ministry to little children, so they can hear what you hear in a way that they can understand it. I'll never forget it. Uh, the last baptism we did, we had a young girl come in, Callahan, and um, she comes into my office, and she's a little young to be baptized. You know, baptism is serious. It's a sacrament of the church, and we don't baptize people that don't really understand what they're doing, what it means to be baptized. So we interview each person, and as Callie came to my office, real young, beautiful little girl, sits down on, on the couch, and, and I said, well, Callahan, how did you meet Jesus? She goes on to give me the gospel better than any adult ever has. She says, I was adopted by my family. We talked about how we're adopted into his family. I'm telling you, what God's doing in our children's ministry, what he's doing with these little kids, they're going to be world changers. Did you know that it's over 80% of Christians today that claim to be Christians and walk in the faith have found Christ before they're 10 years old? That's the ministry people are doing right there behind those walls right now. So I don't mind hearing worship songs during my preaching sang by little seven-year-old voices. I don't mind little rambunctious boys banging on the wall while I'm preaching. You know why? Because they're hearing the gospel and their lives are being changed. Praise God. We went from 80 average attendance in children's ministry to 119. That's well up into 150 by now. Just so you know, our numbers have grown even since we've created this. VBS attendance last year, 217. This year, 276. Trunk or treat. Did anybody else get to participate in that this year? Oh my gosh, was that a blast or what? Uh, just so you know, if you sign up to do a trunk next year, you better know what you're getting yourself into. I mean, Mission View doesn't do anything 90%, man. I mean, there was like a Narnia trunk where you go to Narnia. It was unbelievable. Uh, it was it was awesome, wasn't it? It was awesome. I mean, so there's some serious trunks. There was like dirt bikes in the air flying into... It was unbelievable. There was a petting zoo. We had goats roaming the parking lot. There were cows. It was unbelievable. If you missed it, you've got to come next year. It's one of our biggest outreaches. Just a great time. So anyways, just really excited for our children's ministry. Next is our student ministry. Same thing here. A majority of our baptisms came out of our student ministry. Phenomenal work that God is doing through Andrew and Hannah and his leadership team in um, our Ignite student ministries. This is um, sixth grade to 12th grade, for those of you who don't know. And we had 46 students who went on a missions trip this summer. 46 kids went on a missions trip this summer. Awesome, right? One of those mission trips was to Alaska, all the way to Alaska. And, and the report we had back from that was phenomenal. 76 students attended at least one retreat during the last school year. And we had six of those students baptized in 2022. Praise the Lord. And there's more ministries here on the back. In the back couple of pages here, men's ministry. We have Mission View Ladies Ministry, Care Ministry, 101 Discipleship, Moms of Mission View Ministry, Marriage Ministry, a bunch of stuff. I don't know if many of you know, but we have marriage mentoring that happens here at Mission View Church. Couples who have been trained to walk alongside other couples in their marriage, going through hard times. Um, just really exciting stuff. And then that last page is our story from September 2013, our first service to today. Wow, is that overwhelming or what? 
Look at what Jesus is doing. Look at what God's doing. Just an amazing thing that God's done. All right, if you have your Bibles, open up to Philippians. We're going to jump into God's Word. And I have all of five minutes and 15 seconds. I talk fast, so we're good. You'll be out of here for dinner, trust me. Just kidding. Just kidding. I planned for this, sort of. (laughs) Brian's up here just shaking his head. Philippians 4, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians, I love the book of Philippians. So much good stuff in Philippians. Paul writes a letter to Philippi. He's, he's writing this letter to the church in Philippi from chains. You know, think of a guy who's in jail, probably towards the end of his ministry. He doesn't know that, but he's in jail and he's writing these letters to the churches. This is one of his letters. Here's how, here's how a guy in prison starts out or writes in, in chapter 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but but had no opportunity. You know why the church in Philippi didn't have any opportunity to bless Paul with finances? Because they were dirt poor. They had no money. They had nothing to their name. They had no opportunity to give because they had nothing to give. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's stop right there. The first thing I I want us to kind of get from this and from what Paul says is that contentment is something that we learn. Contentment is something that we learn. In verse 12, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned, learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Contentment doesn't come naturally to us. Any of us that have had kids or any of us who were kids at some point know this because Christmas is right around the corner and everybody, all the kids are making their Christmas, what? List, right? None of us, you know, I, I remember asking my kids, what do you want for Christmas this year? I never heard them say, you know what, Dad? I've got everything I need. <laughs> this year, you know, all those wonderful gifts you were planning on giving me, why don't we give those to our neighbor? I think it would just be good to give them some gifts. It's better to give than receive. No, I never heard that. In fact, I never said that as a kid myself. I was always making my list and getting the, hey, mom, do you have a notebook? I need some more pages. What do you need pages for? My Christmas list. I'm on page 75. You know, I couldn't write a one page school article, but I could write a 70 page, 75 page list for my Christmas list, right? And maybe you're not the kid that had the 75 pages. Maybe you're the one kid that wanted the $500 gift. All I wanted was a go-kart. It's really all I wanted was that four-wheeler. That's all I wanted. That's all I need for Christmas this year. That's, that's, we're, not, we're not born into contentment. We are actually born into sin. That's what the Bible says. David says that even in his mother's womb, he was a sinner. We are born into sin because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. All of us are born under the curse of sin. So that's why the first words we learn aren't, here, take this. It's mine. And it's not, yes, I'll do whatever you say, mommy. It's no. Those are the first words we learn because we are born sinners. We are born discontent. And God is calling us to contentment in him. And we've talked about it over the last few weeks, especially last week, that so oftentimes we are brainwashed by this world to think that contentment and satisfaction and fulfillment are found in things, items and people here amongst us, that we can go to the mall and find contentment at whatever store you prefer. But God says true lasting contentment. And Paul here says contentment 
can be learned. As we get older, we think we actually do better with this. But usually, we are just better at hiding our discontentment with a smile. Or we just get a credit card and buy whatever we want and go into debt. Contentment does not come naturally, but we learn here from Paul's life and in God's word that we can learn contentment and apply contentment in our lives. A couple of things we can gather from this text is that contentment is not dependent on our situation. You might want to write that one down. Contentment is not dependent on our situation or our circumstances. Paul says, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in every circumstance. Paul has experienced all of these situations, being brought low and abounding, having plenty, facing hunger, abundance, and need. Most of us here have never faced real hunger. We have never gone without a meal for an extended period of time. But Paul has, and actually many people in our world today have and do. Paul went from being one of the most respected and honored religious leaders in the community to the most despised and thrown in jail. He went from wealth and status to jail and nothing. He went from having a great future in politics and religion to a short life, a martyr's death. Paul is writing this letter from prison, like I talked about earlier. Does this, does this sound like a letter from a guy in prison? It doesn't, does it? I rejoice greatly. I mean, really? Wow. From your jail cell? In chains? A jail in Rome wasn't all that great. It's not kind of like what we see today with cable TV and three square meals. You know, it wasn't quite the same. Romans were the ones who invented crucifixion. Not a friendly people. Not nice. But Paul, you can hear the love and compassion he has for the church in Philippi through this letter. What an amazing thing to find contentment no matter what circumstance. Wouldn't that be great? Let's just be real honest with ourselves. Wouldn't it just be great to have true, lasting contentment? Let's just think about that for a second. Let's just take a moment and let that sink in. To, to have real contentment like When your neighbor drives up in the Lexus SUV and you're like, oh man, my Toyota, hmm. Or your neighbor rolls out in that new John Deere riding mower and you're in your grandpa's hand-me-down to your dad, to your dad's hand-me-down to his aunt, to your aunt handing it down to you, push mower. Like, I was fine with that push mower until John walks in with the John Deere and does his lawn in three minutes and that takes me two hours, you know? Whatever it may be, this we're talking about real, lasting, life-changing contentment. If Paul can rejoice from a jail cell, how can we rejoice where we're at with what God has given us? We learn from this text that worldly possessions cannot bring us contentment. How has Paul learned to be content? Look at verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Boy, this is is a popular verse, isn't it? Anybody got a poster or saw a poster of this in the the gym? You know, you're you're laying on the bench on the ceiling. I can do all things. You got 300 pounds on there. You've never benched before, but you know, you've read the verse. (laughs) Throw the weight on there. You know, you haven't worked out in six years, but Claire's doing her Pilates class and you show up. Hey, let's go. Full hour. I'm in. And 30 minutes in, you're like, I can't do all things. I... You're limping home. He's talking about contentment. I can do all things. I can be content through him who strengthens me. The key to commitment, contentment is Christ and our commitment to Christ. Things will never bring contentment. People will never bring contentment. We can only find true and lasting contentment in Jesus. 
in Him, in relationship with Christ, through Him who strengthens me. In relationship with Him, as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, He brings strength into our life, and that's what breeds contentment in me. It's a strength supernaturally from the Holy Spirit God living in me. Second fill in contentment is found in Christ. Have you ever heard the phrase, God will, God's not going to give you anything you can't handle? Anybody hear that? God won't give you anything you can't handle. I'm just going to tell you really quickly, really truthfully, that is a lie from the devil. Some pastor may have said it, but it is not from God. Here's what I can promise you. God is going to give you many things in your life that you cannot handle. But here's the key. We have to finish our sentences in Christianity. God will not, is, is going to give you many things that you cannot handle without him. But you have him. God is going to walk with you through all of the difficulties, all of the struggles, all of everything that you face in this life. You will never, ever, ever be alone. God is always and will always be with you. God will not give you anything you cannot handle through him who strengthens you. If we want to learn contentment, if we want to be more than conquerors in this life, if we want victory over sin in our lives, if we want to be able to be brought low and to abound, to face hunger and need and know blessings and abundance and walk in those things rightly, we have to be connected to the source. We have to get away from believing that things, items, and possessions, and other people can bring what only Jesus can bring. I guarantee you there's people in here that are looking to their spouse as if their spouse is Jesus. There's people here who are looking at those advertisements in the stores and the items that they bring. They think that's Jesus, and it's not. That's just idolatry. Jesus says, I am all you need. And when we get that, when we wrap our minds around that, we find we are empowered by God to be content. We are strengthened. It is through Him and through His power we find contentment. So how can we grow closer to Him? How can we cultivate that relationship, that intimacy with God that would breed contentment in our lives? And I, I give these applications each week, right? Like we, we need to get in his word and we need to attend church regularly and we need to have good conversations with other Christians, be a part of a community group and worship and pray and all these things. And I share those application pieces every week. I'm going to give you a different one this week. Serve. Use the gifts that God has given you for his kingdom. God has brought every one of you sitting here today and every one of you watching online that can't be with us today on purpose for his purpose. There is no one that is here on accident that God has gifted you for his kingdom. Not only that, more specifically, God has gifted you for Mission View Church. If God has brought you here, he has brought you here to be a part of his family here at Mission View Church and to use your gifts and your skills for his kingdom here. There are so many places and so many ways that you can use those gifts for God here right now for his kingdom. Go on that missions trip to Guatemala. Serve in the children's church that we talked about that's overflowing with kids that that need to hear about Jesus. Join in the Reflect Outreach ministry that's going on every month, different things that we have going on. Come Monday nights to the prayer meetings. Go join that community group or start a community group that God's been putting on your heart to start. Do something. Grow in your relationship with Him. You can step into these things. You can step closer to Him. It's really practical and really easy that Jesus calls us in to use those gifts for him. And he doesn't leave us on our own. Now, this sounds really practical and really easy, but it's really, quite honestly, it's intimidating. Right? That's why not everybody who's here is serving in some way. But everyone who's here is being called by God to serve in some way. You guys ever heard the 80-20 rule? I forget what, who came up with it or whatever, but it's like 20 people, 20% of the people do 80% of the work or something like that. It's some, some 
backwards weird thing. But you see it pop up all the time. That's not what Christianity and the kingdom of God is meant to be. There is no bench sitting in Christianity. There is no like, uh, you know, put me in coach. Uh, I'll, be, I'll play back here, you know, maybe next year, maybe this different thing. No, there's no, you, when you're saved, when, when you are brought into the family of God, you're brought, the Bible says you're brought into a war. There's no bench seats in war. You're brought onto the front lines right away in a spiritual battle that Satan is real and his demons are real and God is real and his angels are real. And we have a real spiritual thing going on behind the scenes. And, and, and Satan's going to try and distract you with politics and all these other things that are going on. But that's all just a facade. There is a spiritual war raging for the souls and the hearts of humanity. And God has called you, God has called us to share that gospel and share the truth and break through the facade to a people who are desperate for Jesus. They're not desperate for a political candidate. They're not desperate for the next thing to fill their garage. They're not desperate for another mortgage. They're desperate for the only one who can fill their hearts and bring them joy, hope, peace, and true contentment and mission view. He's in you. You have that hope. You have that light. Go, share it with everyone that you meet. Come here and use the gifts that you have in relationship with Jesus and see what God does in your hearts. Now's the perfect time. As we're going to two services, we need to double the servant list. Become an usher. Sign up to be an usher. Sign up to be a greeter. Sign up to be a parking attendant. Sign up to serve in the worship team. Sign up to serve in the children's ministry. The opportunities are endless. Will we serve? Will we take that step? I'm challenging you today to take that step. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. And God, we want to be a people content. But not like the world would say content. We want to be a people that only find contentment in relationship with you, Jesus. That we would never be content until we are running after Jesus 110%. Our contentment is found running after you. So God, purpose in our hearts to run after you with all that we are. Make us a people that lay our lives down for your kingdom that sacrifice everything for you, Jesus. Do that work in our hearts, God. We want to be a people who lay our lives down, that give everything for you and run after you with all that we are. Make us that kind of people for your kingdom, God, and for your glory, for the lost, and for us. In Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) If you'd like to receive prayer, we're going to have prayer people up front. We'd love to pray with you. And uh, we're going to sing one last song to stand as we sing this last song.